What's up, people? Welcome to episode two with Patrick Hickey Jr. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time here. I, I really enjoyed the interview, and you can tell because I wouldn't shut the hell up, and I just kept asking questions. Well, and he kept answering them, so there we go. It went a little long, which is why we're going to have an episode three. So uh, let me know what you think, Brendan at dadsww.com or Jim at dadsww.com. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, review, like, and share. Thanks for listening. Dads Worldwide. The first word in family management, family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security. Doors are locked. Windows shut. House alarm is set. Fingerless gloves. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you. Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I am Brendan. And I'm Jim. <laughs> and uh, back uh, for part two. <laughs> I don't know. Just... Back for part two, Patrick Hickey Jr. Thank you, man, for coming back on. Yeah, no uh, problem, man. Absolutely. We're going to pretend like we you didn't just leave and come back and <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, man, uh, I, I really did have a blast with those dad questions. Uh, I, I think those are the most thorough answers that we re- ever received. Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Thank I mean, you. I try. And, and uh, you know what it is too. It's like I've been a journalist for 15 years, and I've, yeah. I've, I've interviewed so many people. Yeah. And it's just like whenever I get interviewed, I'm just like I know. That people don't want a one-word answer. Oh, of so course. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I try and do my best. So and, thank you. Well, yeah, and uh, I, I feel the. And I'm. I appreciate you considering what we do an actual interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are good. If De Niro was yeah. like you, you, you could, you, you could. I, uh, I. I can feel uh, the way you talk about being a father and uh, the passion for it, and I love it. It, uh, I, I just, I love it, and I'm because I'm in the same boat, and I love being a dad. It's like the best thing yep, ever. Absolutely, it is my number one job. Huge gift, and mm-hmm. uh, and I take it very seriously. So uh, when I hear other people talk about it like that, I, I, I do appreciate it. So awesome. Uh, all right, I, I don't even know. Uh, what to start with i i want to start with voiceover because yes. sure. i have a story right. with that that uh because the voice that you've been doing uh the movie uh-huh. announcer guy mm-hmm. which is fantastic Hello, Brendan. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my brother and i uh were listening to we used to shoot pool in a league and it would end really mm-hmm. late at night and so we would uh drive home we would live listen to uh Shit, what is it called? Love Connection with Adam mm-hmm. Carolla and Dr. Drew. Uh-huh. Well, I think oh that's God. was that what it was called? Love Connection? I don't even remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So Wow. So they had a so they had a voiceover guy on the show. And they were talking about this show uh Hitch or Hick or something like that. And he and so the movie announcer guy was saying like, so so anytime uh, this guy was a cop and he had to like become whatever he was trying to catch, you know what I mean, like a gangster mm-hmm. or whatever. So oh Adam Carolla, God. of course, takes it to like the nth degree, and he says, 
in order to catch the guy, he had to become a rapist. <laughs> like, and they just kept going with it constantly. And my brother and I, I mean, we, we were crying. <laughs> we were just absolutely crying. <laughs> he had to become a rapist. <laughs> he had to become yeah. a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> it was so That's ridiculous. Great. Adam Carolla is so funny. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, he's great. How how did you get into voiceovers, uh, performing? Uh, was it just screwing around? Um. So my entire life, I've always been excellent. I'm, I'm tooting my own horn here. Um, I've always been That's good okay. at, at I mean, doing voices. I've, I've fact. always been, I've always been good. Um, and I've always had people tell me, "Oh, you should do this. You should do this." And I just didn't know how to do it. Yep. Um. And then what ended up happening was after I, after I wrote my first book, um, The Minds Behind the Games, in which I interviewed, you know, video game developers from like the Atari 2600 to today and got them to talk about all their projects and stuff and blah, blah, blah. After that's over, I start working on my site again, reviewfix.com. And part of what I do is I interview in, independent video game developers. So like people that are doing it out of their basement and stuff like that. And a lot of the times I'm like the first person to interview these people because no one knows about their games. Yeah. So I'm like trolling. Yeah. I'm like trolling Twitter and Discord and stuff and trying to find games that I think could be like really cool and be like the person to like show this game to as many people as possible. So I came across this game called The Padre. And um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Alone in the Dark, which is like one of like the most iconic survival horror like point and click games ever. Um, so I messaged the team and, uh, I interviewed them and, uh, after the interview was over, they said to me, would you like to play the game? Like it's an alpha, which is like, it's not even ready for like public consumption yet. Yeah. So I was like, sure. So as soon as I started playing the game, I noticed like a ton of grammatical errors and I've been an English and journalism professor for 15 years. So I told them, I'm like, listen, you guys are doing a game that is heavily focused on narrative that is heavily based on text. You need somebody to edit this. And they were like, well, how much would you charge to edit it? Oh, and I, what? <laughs> and we ended up talking about, about like me joining the team as like a dialogue editor and story editor and stuff. So I ended up joining the team. They paid me. I edited the entire script in like a couple of hours. They paid me. Um, it was so funny. Cause it's like the end of the day. I refreshed the game on Steam, like reinstall it because they had an update and they put all of my edits in already. And I was just like, like I made this game better. Well, nice. yeah. so I thought that was it. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, no, round two. And they give me more edits to make and blah, 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 blah. And now they're from Bulgaria, you know? So they yeah. sound like the Count from like Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, 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 you know? Um, so now they go to me. I've I've edited this game from like top to bottom, all the dialogue, everything. And so like we want to go to Kickstarter. Would you edit the Kickstarter for us? And I'm just like, that's a lot of pressure. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's that that's huge. I was like, sure, let's do it. So now like right before the Kickstarter is about to go live, they're like, Oh, we have a problem. And I'm like, what? And they're like, the voice actor left. The guy that was going to play the main character in the game, he's gone. He's done. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't think that that's really a problem. 
And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, this is a survival horror game. And your main character sounds like Russell Brand. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's like I'm this wacky Englishman, you know, <laughs> yeah. walking through this castle, you know, it's like, wow. And I'm like, it's not scary. <laughs> yeah. Like it was not, it was not scary. Like I would watch the trailer to the game and I would just like cringe because I'm just like, this is not, uh, this is not right. Yeah. The voice is you not know? matching the, the, the scene. did not. And yeah. the thing is too. By editing all of the dialogue, I told him, I'm like, oh, well, maybe you should say this. Maybe you should say that. So it's like I wrote a nice chunk of the dialogue in that game, too. Yeah. So I really I really felt connected to the character. And he's like this badass priest that just, like, kills zombies and stuff. He's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so they're like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, oh, let me audition. I can do it. And they're like, get out of here. And I was just like, let me let me do it. So I go in my man cave and I've always been good at that Don LaFontaine movie voice. It's like one mm-hmm. of my go-tos, you know, away from like Kermit the Frog and like Jigglypuff from Pokemon. That's like, you know, the the movie phone voice is like my, the movie guy voice is like my, my go-to. But I'm like, I can't do this main character in that voice. It would be ridiculous. Yeah, it would it's be supposed insane. to be a scary game. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So I'm like, so what if I combine that whoa like wacky english man you know with in a world one man so i mean i sat in my man cave and i'm just like playing with my throat and i'm like just trying to find something you know and then a bloody came across this dark english voice my name is alexander and i am the portrait and i sent it to them and they were like oh my god can you can you do like every line like right now today yeah and i remember just like finding that voice i was like coughing up blood like it was just oh oh my god my voice felt so charred and i was like yeah i can do it um (laughs) yep yeah sure so so i I did it. it and then they updated the game and now i'm the main character of a game and then we go to Kickstarter and we don't get funded on Kickstarter. But I had done so many interviews. Like I I was a huge asset to that team because not only have I interviewed like hundreds of video game developers, I mean I've I have over three thousand games in my collection. I'm a I'm a video game historian, I'm a video game journalist, so it's just like I I helped elevate that game. I know so many video game journalists and I was just like, You need to interview me about this game and I got them a lot of coverage. So we ended up getting picked up by a publisher. And uh, the game, The Padre, is on Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Steam, the whole nine yards. Um, and then we ended up doing a sequel that's currently on Steam. It came out, like, in March. So um, so I've started in two games. And then after that, it was just like, I didn't want to be a one-hit wonder. So then I just started reaching out to anytime I would see a game that didn't have someone doing voice. I'm like, I could do something for you. So it's just like this... This past month alone, I've probably done like four trailers for four different games and like four different voices. And then um, there's like four games that are in development right now that um, that I have voices in. So it's just been and now like I've been helping out a publisher. So like um, they'll they'll contact me and be like, can you do the voice for this? So I'm kind of like their in-house person. Yeah. So it's just been it's been a wild ride. And the only reason why I got in is because I can write, you know, and. Right. No one would have ever known 
if I didn't take that opportunity, that small little opportunity that presented itself. So, um, so many people ask me like, oh, how do you get in? And I'm just like, the way that I got in is not the way that anybody else will ever get in. Yeah, yeah like, it's just not happening. It's so, it's just so weird the way it worked out. But I mean, now, now I've got like a nice resume and, uh, I mean, I'm far from done. I've got so many things that are coming through like the pipeline in the next like two, three years. So it's, it's been, it's been insane. That's awesome. Thanks. That is great. It's so cool. That yeah. is such a cool story. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so what, uh, I, I guess, uh, so you've been an educator the longest. Did it come educator yeah. then books? Yeah. Um, well I, uh, while I was in school, mm-hmm. I was writing for newspapers, magazines, um, running websites and things like that. And then it's so funny because it's just like my first day covering minor league baseball for a newspaper was my first day um, like facilitating writing workshops at the college that I'm full time at now. So it's just <laughs> like my, my journalism career is just as long as my education career. You know, it's like I've always done both. And then, I mean, when I got engaged, um, I got an opportunity to be an editor at NBC. So I was an editor. At, I was the, the weekend overnight editor at NBC for like two and a half years. So like I covered wow. three Super Bowls, two Olympic games. But like for I'm a sports and pop culture guy. So it's like I was in charge of like 10 NBC owned sites Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday night. So it's just like for football, for boxing and UFC. Uh, I covered two and a half seasons of Saturday Night Live. So it was just like, it was, it was heaven, you know? So it's just like, wait, I've wait, always. Wait, which I, seasons of Saturday Night Live? Um, 2012 to 2014. Wow. So they were all right. Bill, Bill Hader was there. Still. Hey, I was going to say Hader. I was going to say Hader. And uh, what? Sudeikis like, was still there. Yeah. Catherine, uh, not Catherine. Um, uh, who's the target lady? She played Kristen, the target lady. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, Wiig was still there. Yeah. She just I, I mean, left. I think, good, like she just good, left. not great. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like, good, yeah. not great. Good, not um, great. You know. But the thing was, I would get to watch the two dress rehearsals before the, the live show. That's cool. And and like I would see the skits that would get cut, mm-hmm. and I would see the drama like going on between people. And like I remember <laughs> one time, Bieber, uh, was on. And couldn't remember his lines. <laughs> and and it's like Whoopi Goldberg was like uh, she had a cameo in like one scene. And she was just like, you know, she's like, baby, you got to get like your shit together. Like you've had all week to like remember your lines. And, and he was just like he gave her a look that like could have like put Medusa to stone, <laughs> you know, like who That's are awesome. you? Like, and we're talking, this is Bieber at like 16, 15, yeah. 16 years old. You he know? doesn't know who Whoopi Goldberg and, uh, is. <laughs> just, yeah. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And it, I just he probably knows see. her as the singing nun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we're, we're talking Maybe. like watching, watching like three sets of like um, Mumford and Sons and like, you know, all sorts of like really cool shit. So it's just like, um, I've always done, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full believer of the fact that like those that can do do and those who cannot teach. Oh, my wife is going to murder you. And those <laughs> who cannot teach teach gym. So, um, but um, 
But my whole thing is, it's just like, I never wanted to be that teacher that like, if my students went to me, well, if I'm teaching journalism, which I have for 15 years, how do I get published in a newspaper? And they've never done it. And I, I've, I've taken classes in college where that's been the case. And it's just like, well, I, so wait, that is, I think that's more common than not. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. and I was actually going to mention that. Like, I, I love the fact that you or you're out there you're putting yourself out there you're you're publishing books you're getting yeah. in, you're in newspapers mm-hmm. you know i mean like that's huge uh, and that now you're teaching other people how to do it you have real life experience and that's that's way way better than you know just getting a pro, you know being a professor just like well you, you know think... i've been told that this is how you get yeah. published you know it's yeah. like it's okay. it's wild like ac- academia yeah. we were talking before about the the tampons yeah. And walking down that aisle. Yep. And it's like, that's academ- <laughs> academia. That's academia. It's like, yeah. it's like that sometimes. Where it's just like, oh, you know, you shouldn't talk about, like, the stuff that you've done in class that much. And I'm like, well, why? Because you've never been published before? Yeah, because they don't know you how know? to do because, it. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know how to do it, you yeah. know? Or, like, they'll, I'll, I'll listen to them say something in their class. Like, oh, this is the way you write, like, an introductory paragraph to an article. And I'm like, we don't call it an introductory paragraph. We call it a lead. You know? Like, <laughs> it's how you're you get people interested. Come on. To them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to use the proper terminology. You know, it's just like if we were having a conversation about baseball and we were just like, oh, that person's batting average is .375. You're like, no. Do you watch baseball? Yeah. He's hitting 375, not yeah. 0.3. 0.375. Yeah. You know, but so I, I just think, feel like um Yeah, I mean, like I'm 38. Sorry. I've been teaching for 15 years and it's just like I love it. I love my students, but it's just like yeah, there's a huge divide amongst people that are teaching our children that have no idea like what they're doing. You know, and then it's just like if you're young, if you're hungry and you're accomplished, that puts a target on your back and you've got to be super, super careful, you know, like it's just, it's wild. So it's like, on one hand, it's a great thing. I've done all of these cool things. And like, I, I want to share what I've learned, you know, yeah. and I am an open book. Like if you ask me like, Oh, what was it like to cover professional hockey? What was it like to write a book? Like, I'll tell you. And if, Oh, was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. And most of you can't do it. You know, oh yeah, you, you don't want me writing a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't say that to them. They can all do everything. You know, it's like mm, no, 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 not everyone no. should be in college either. I mean, this yeah. is yeah, this is you know? this idea that you could just generalize and say one thing for everybody is just it's absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah. So it's just like for me, it's like I want to meet those those really hungry, passionate people, and I want to give them the tools that they need. You know, or I want to take someone that could be passionate, that could be hungry, and I want to light the fire under them so they can do things, you know? I have, so, I have a feeling after, you know, for as long as you've been teaching, you can kind of figure out who's who within your class. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like kind of like ER, like the TV show ER, yeah. you know, it's like the, or Law and Order, like the faces change, but the stories stay the same, yeah. you know, but then sometimes people throw you for a loop. You know, so it's just like you've got to stay, you've got to stay open and you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, and sometimes you're going to hear a story and be like, oh, I heard the same story 10 years ago. I remember how that turned out. But then sometimes you got to go, okay, this is a different person. Right. Let's like, you know, let's give them an opportunity. And you, um, if you, if you can keep an open mind, you know, like I've had, I've had students over the years that like other professors would be like, oh, you're not going to get them like to do anything they're lazy or they their writing isn't very good and they can't be published 
and and now they're working you know one of my former students just like she skated by somebody else's class she just barely got through it and then i had her for two classes and now she has the same job that i had at mbc like nine years ago wow nice that's awesome yeah yeah you know and it's just people respond differently to different people oh yeah you know oh yeah some instructors are not you know, students and you know, and instructors are just not yeah. meant to be together. That you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot completely what I was going to say. Oh, video games. Mm-hmm. We were talked about that kind of slightly. So, uh, we again are kind of the weird hippie family. We we limit screen time with the kids and that type of thing, and um, and they don't really play video games all that much. Uh, what is your opinion with the the violent games and kids and that whole mess? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I got to imagine that it kind of messes with kids' heads if they played it constant. You know what I mean? Uh, if they, oh yeah, like, if they have someone over their <laughs> shoulder, like saying, sure. "Hey, this is not real life." But I'm sorry, I don't mean to answer the question sure. for you. But, but what, what no, do you okay. what do you think? Uh, what do you think of that? And and uh, so I, I've seen it. I've seen it from both sides. I mean, I have, I have family members that like they have they have children that play far too many video games. Yeah. To the point where like you know it limits their motivation, um, their drive. Um, it makes them very solitary. Yeah, that's um, not good. You know, it makes them not care. Um, and see, the thing is, like I've said it before, like. I own over 3000 games on 30 consoles and I probably only play video games about an hour a week. Yep. You know, it's like, I look at them like art. I look at them like the same way I look at film and books and music. Um, and I feel like if I didn't have two children, I would probably play a lot more. Yeah. Um, I would probably play anywhere from like five to 10 hours a week, like at night after all of my stuff is done. And that's the thing though, too. Yeah. It's just like, um, when I was in college, I would play fallout. Like after all my stuff was done, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, I would play fallout three for like three hours. You yeah. know, I would go kill some, kill some people in the wasteland and stuff like that. You know, play some resident evil, you know, play some Pokemon and stuff like that. And it was just like a fun little escape, you know, but it's just like, I never forgot like my real life. You know, and I feel like um, my children will know that like video games are made by people. Yeah. And that the objective of a video game is for you to have a good time to be exposed to something that you normally wouldn't be exposed to. But it's not supposed to take over your life. I think like I've interviewed so many amazing video game developers. And I think the last thing that they would ever want is for someone to hurt themselves or hurt someone else because of the games that they've created, but it happens, you know? And, yeah. um, I just feel like, and you, you mentioned screen time before a lot of parents use the iPad, the cable box, yep. the streaming device, yep. the PlayStation. They use that as an auxiliary parent. Your children may be able to learn certain things on YouTube, like fun stuff and watch Coco melon and this and that, <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't replace quality time with your, you know, it's yeah. like uh, my daughter for a while loved TikTok. 
you know, she's four and she still have to do like the dances and like the filters <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And then, and then every once in a while, like a video would pop up and somebody would be like, yo, mother, blah, 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 blah. And I, oh, oh my God. No, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. no, You know, and my daughter would be like, that's a bad word. She said a bad word. Right. And I'm just like, yeah. And then my wife was like, listen, you're going to tell her that TikTok isn't online anymore. That is broken. <laughs> and, we're, and we're deleting it off of the, the and I Everything. use TikTok all yeah. the time to promote my comic and, yeah. and, yeah. you know. And she'll be like, oh, my daughter is not stupid at all. She'll be like, TikTok works on your phone. I'm like, no, I just haven't updated it. Like, it's still broken, but I still have the icon on here and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, <Dad>. like, <laughs> But I don't want her on TikTok anymore yeah. because just the chance of something crazy popping up is like too much, you know? So it's just like, if you let your kids, it's the same thing with comic books. I mean, I read comic books for like an hour a week or so, you know, because like I'm writing my own right now and like, Again, it's reading and this and that. Um, but I don't want my kids to read comic books for eight hours a day. Go outside, yeah. grab a hockey stick. Yep. You know, you know. Yeah, go too, on your bike. too much of too much of anything is not too much of anything really is good, you know. Yeah, yeah you and know? that's really all. Like our kids, just uh, especially my oldest, who's like he turns into a zombie when a screen's on. So yeah, I mean, it's just it, moderation. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I feel like there's a lot of great positive things that come out of video games. Like, I mean, I used to run video game tournaments like before my first daughter was born and like, we would get like 35, you know, like teenagers playing like Mario Kart or like super smash brothers. And like, you would see some of these kids doing things in the game that I just like, didn't think were possible. <laughs> and, and I would go, how did you learn how to do that? Oh, I just, I just did it, you know? And I'm just mm -hmm. like, <laughs> Wow. Okay. You know, and those are like these are skills where like because of esports and things like that, like these kids could turn that into a career. They could become a game tester. They could, you know, become a designer. They can do all those things. But it's just like it's just like the kid that loves to play soccer. He could play soccer for eight hours a day. He still might not be good enough. So you may have yep. that one kid that's great in Smash Brothers that could play competitively and travel all over the world and be a great e-gamer and stuff. But then you have another kid that just wasted his entire childhood. So video games are no different than like anything else. Yeah, It's just it's the highest video games get a bad rap because they're the highest grossing form of pop culture yeah. in the entire world. <laughs> you know, and COVID didn't help things. You know, it's just like when I think of like how much time. I spent playing Animal Crossing during the first year of COVID. Like when my daughter and wife would go to bed, I would be picking my trees and traveling to other people's islands and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I just played Animal Crossing for five hours. Like, like, yeah. Like all of my work was yeah. done. Yeah. You know, but then it's just like, all right, it's four o'clock in the morning. I need to get to bed. And then I would wake up like an hour and a half earlier and my wife would be like, you're tired because you played Animal Crossing last night. <laughs> don't be. Yep. So I don't want I don't want to hear yeah. any shit from you today <laughs> that you're tired and you need a nap. So then it's just like then you have to prioritize what's more important, sleep or Animal Crossing. After about three or four months, sleep prevailed. Yeah. You know, three or four yeah. months. Like, That's, oh, all it took? That's all it took. <laughs> Those are hard decisions. And the thing is, too, a lot of parents are scared uh. to be the badass. You know, like they're scared to like hurt their kids' feelings. Oh and yeah. Take things oh yeah. Away. yeah, yeah. And it's just like with me, we're done. TikTok's gone. Yeah. You know, the screen is gone. You know, 
I don't have to be your friend. I have to be your parent. I have to enable you to be the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. And if you're going to sit on your ass all day and play games, you're not going to be that. And that's on me. That's on you too. But you're too young to really understand the gravity of what you're doing. So that's on me. If you're a bum at like 15 and you don't know where you're going because you play video games all day, that's my failure. Yep. Just as much as it is yours. And I think a lot of parents don't understand that. And the thing is though too – it could be video games. It could be music. It could be food. You know, kid could yep. just sit home and eat all day. You know, it is so many different things. But like, yeah, video games get a bad rap because too, politicians all the time use it too. Oh, you know, we're gonna clean up this. We're gonna do that. That's yeah, like the old time you know? where they were put playing the records backwards, the forty fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my like god, my father, those kids—they're listening to the devil. Yeah. My father used to tell me stories all the time, like when he was a kid, that my grandmother threw out all of his Kiss albums. Oh my god. Because Kiss was like uh, knights in service of Satan, and it's uh, like if you've ever watched Kiss, I know, right? <laughs> They're just a really kick-ass, like, pop rock band that yep. dresses up like Japanese professional wrestlers. Like, you know, like, yep. that. there's nothing evil about them. They look like, they all look like Great Muda, and they sing shit like the Romantics. You know, like, there's nothing. I mean, we have a different view of it, but when we look at them, we're like, well, they look like clowns, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I look at them, and I'm just like, they're wearing platform boots, right? Like, stripper platform boots. Mm-hmm. I I don't take anybody seriously when we're, when they're wearing those. So, you know, the, yeah, the, back then they were like, these people are the devil. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's it's crazy. I, I'll never forget my dad telling me that yeah. my grandmother thought Kiss stood for knights in service of Satan. I was like, what? <laughs> but but she listen, did. That's, she did. <laughs> she did. And perception is reality. Yeah. I mean, that's something I've learned. You know. Yes. everyone's perception is their own reality and you can't tell them they're wrong because that's what they believe and if that's what they believe it's it's true to them yeah you know so yep jim you got any questions no i've been loving the stories oh okay well <laughs> well tell us about country we, you uh we, it just oh sorry go ahead jim we know we that we just a piggyback so that perception is reality we try to instill that into the 15 year old a lot when she's making yeah. decisions, like when you make your decisions, remember this, you know, people's perception of you is their reality of you. Mm-hmm. So think about that when you make decisions. Yeah. Make yep. They don't even, have to know you. Even though they might be a hundred percent off, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. what they're yep. going to think you are or you, yep. you, you, you stand for. Absolutely. And that's at 15. That's a hard, that's a hard lesson to soak in and and, and grasp (laughs) so yeah that's it for episode two thanks for tuning in you know how to go to hold of us brendan at dadsww.com or jim at dadsww.com and of course you can't stand us hate mail at dadsww.com and patrick hickey jr you can find him pretty much on everything facebook instagram twitter linkedin he's everywhere Go find them. Reviewfix.com. And, uh, yeah, episode three coming up. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners, possibly you.